Hey everybody, I'm Robert Yerby, and I'm an insurance professional, and admittedly, kind of an insurance nerd. My friends and family tell me that nobody is going to want to listen to a podcast about insurance, so instead, on this show, I'm hoping to share a story or have a conversation with a guest about some relatable experience, and then show you how insurance impacts that story or topic. My hope is you'll enjoy a few laughs with me and maybe learn at least one interesting thing about insurance along the way. Here we go. Hey everybody, this is Robert. Thanks for joining me. I uh, just got back from Florida. I, of course, I, I live in suburban Phoenix, uh, but I was just in Florida on a uh, nice little trip to see my son and his wife and their adorable baby boy, and uh, something happened. Something happened. I when I say I just got back, yeah, that's that's not that's not exactly true. It's been it's been a week, and and something happened, and I got all worked up about it, and. At the time it happened, I was like, I need to put this on the podcast. And then, you know, time went by and I kind of, you know, kind of came down from the the frustration and rage that I felt. And I thought, well, uh, well, that's not that I thought. I, I just sort of forgot about it. And then something else happened that inspired my frustration and rage anew. And I, I remembered, oh, that's right. I wanted to record uh, an episode of the podcast talking about that. Well, so here's here's what happened just basically a couple days ago. I was at a Target in Tucson, Arizona. Something something I don't do very often at all. I'm I'm not, I don't want to pick on Target exactly. I just I just don't like enormous stores where I have to wander around searching for one thing that I might need. I was looking for toothpaste. And I, I wandered around, yeah, literally the whole store. I walked that entire store, finally found the pharmacy section, walked around the four or five aisles that comprised the pharmacy section, did not see any toothpaste. And so I asked the, the clerk that was behind the register there at the pharmacy desk, I said, can, can you tell me where the uh, toothpaste is? And she kind of gave me a look like I was an idiot and waved her finger to the right and said something like, it's like 10 aisles down that way. And I was just, you know, I'd already been walking through that entire place, wasting kind of a lot of time, cursing myself for not just going into a, a CVS where, like, I mean, it's just a much smaller store. That's all it is, is, you know, pharmacy crap like toothpaste. And, you know, not not that those stores are staffed with tremendously helpful people either, but I don't know. It would have saved me some walking anyway. So well, anyway, I found the toothpaste. And then, then of course, I get to the uh, the checkouts and there's, there's only one human being that's checking people out. And, and there's, you know, half a dozen of those self-checkout things, but there's 30 people waiting for the self-checkouts, and I just I just wanted to fling that little tube of toothpaste like a sprinter's baton, like the length of the store, and say, screw it, I don't, I don't actually need this that bad. But I didn't. All right, so I got the toothpaste. Anyway, so 
let me let me flash back to Florida. So I'm on vacation, right? I, I'm I'm basically there just to 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 see my grandson. He he was eight weeks older than he he was the last time I'd seen him. I'm expecting, you know, he's he's gonna be making faces and smiling, and he's gonna be awake a whole lot more, and you know, I, I'm I'm excited to see him, right? But but first, actually, I flew in on a, a Friday uh, early evening, and I was gonna meet a friend for dinner, and the schedule was kind of tight. I should have left a little bit more time in for me to get off the plane, get on that little people mover thing that moves you at the Orlando airport from the gates back to, you know, the main terminal and and get in the car and and all that stuff. I didn't probably leave as much time as I probably should have in in setting the, the dinner reservation. But I've made it, I've made a reservation with Hertz, as I do, probably probably more than any other, but I'm I'm not necessarily brand loyal when it comes to rental cars. I had reserved a uh, a Tesla, and I feel like they've been pushing the Tesla when you go to their reservation site. I I've never driven one. Obviously, I I, I see them all around. Uh, my neighbor right next door has one, and Actually, Hertz was offering rates that were less to drive the Tesla than another full-size vehicle. So I thought, all right, I'll try it. All right, I, I try things. Here we go. So uh, I, I I get to the, the Hertz area, and my name isn't up on the gold board, so I have to go in and ask, you know, where can I find my vehicle? They're pretty quick to, to tell me exactly where. They throw me the little um, sheet that tells me what stall it's in. I, w- I walk down there, and, and the guy had told me, hey, the keys are in the vehicle, which is totally normal. I mean, that's that's pretty much how they do things anymore. The keys are in the vehicle. I got it. Well, I've got my little roller bag, and I've got a briefcase, and I approach the vehicle, and there's no, like, you can, you can see like the outline of a door handle, but there's nothing to grab. And so I looked at this for a few seconds, a little unsure of what to do. I, I kind of like waved my hand over it, like to see if maybe something would like pop out or it would, it would just magically open, sort of, you know, like, like a Reiki masseuse, like you just kind of, yeah, waving my hand over it, trying to see if some energy field would be produced and, and yeah, magically this door would open. It didn't happen. So I forget exactly, you know, how I did whatever I did, but it, it probably took me 20, 30 seconds to figure out. I, I don't know. I think I pressed on something and like the handle kind of came out. I don't know. I don't know how I did it, but I get the door open, but I'm already annoyed. I have the door open now, and I'm looking for something that will show me, like I'm looking for the button to open up the trunk. There, There is no button on the door. There's no little latch, nothing like that. I've got to get in. I get into the vehicle, and if you've been in a Tesla, it's got that big, uh, it's got that big screen right in the center, right? And to their credit, 
the first thing I see is uh, either an illustration or whatever kind of indicating touch here if you want to open up the trunk. So, okay. Okay. Bravo. I, I hit the button. Trunk opens. Now I go, I put my roller bag in there. Keep my briefcase in the front seat with me. Now I'm back in the front seat. And what do you, what do, you do when you want to or when you get into a rental car, like you want to be on your way, right? You want to, you don't want to spend a lot of time learning about how to drive the vehicle. You want to get in and you want to go. However, this particular vehicle really, it's not like any other vehicle I've ever driven. There's too much stuff that's different and different enough that, eh, I wasn't comfortable. It's a long list of things that frustrated me within the first 10 to 15 minutes. I don't want to give you the whole list. I'm just going to give you the highlights of the things that really ticked me off. First off, uh, I get in and there's it. The, the radio is set to some, you know, Mexican salsa station out of Miami or San Juan or who knows where. And so it's it's all staticky. I have no idea how to change the station. I have no idea how to turn the volume down. So I'm just listening to this at an uncomfortably high volume. Now, I'm not saying it was blaring, but when I'm trying to figure out how to drive this stupid car, I do not need this annoyance, okay? Second, the air conditioning is blowing right in my face. I don't, I don't like anything blowing on me, okay? Some people love having fans blowing on them. I don't like it, okay? I, I also don't, I, I don't, the air conditioning has like an odor to it that I don't like. I don't, I don't really love that either. I'd rather have fresh air. I live in Phoenix. I like hot weather. I didn't, I didn't want this blowing on me. And I don't know what they had it set to, 64 degrees or whatever, but I, I don't need to be that cold ever. How do I adjust it? I, I, I have no idea. No idea. Moreover, I, I, I got bigger fish, right? I, I, I need to be on my way. I want to get out of here. How do I start the car? Remember, car rental counter guy said keys are in there. Okay, there's no keys in the car. The thing doesn't use keys. And I, I'm going to be familiar with that. I mean, a lot of cars just use a fob. This thing didn't have a fob either. It had like a little plastic thing which Hertz had plaster, plastered their QR code on top of that. I, I don't know what to call this thing. It was, a, it was a piece of plastic, and it had a Hertz tag on it. And so now the, the big screen in the middle is telling me if I want to start the car, I've got to put the little plasticky thing on the center console and tap it. I remember that pretty clearly. It's like, tap it, tap it. Well, uh, I... I I mean, I, I must have figured out what it was, but it, it wasn't quick. It wasn't quick for me to figure out how to do it. I, I put it on the center console. Okay, I got now I got the thing started, but the mirrors are all jacked up. I'll admit, I, I never figured out, in five days, I never figured out how to change the mirrors so that I could actually see out of them. Other than other than the rear view mirror, I got that one. But the side views, no, nah, those, those were jacked up the whole five days that I had it. To the point where I, I, I mean, I didn't feel like they were, 
for safety reasons, I, I really should have set the mirrors, but I, I just couldn't figure it out. Now you, you might be asking, well, why didn't you why didn't you look at like the the manual? There's there's probably instructions on how to set the mirrors, how to change the climate control, change the radio station. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Yeah, I probably should have looked in the glove box for a manual. Oh, wait, there is no glove box. There is, there's, there's nothing that says a car has to have a glove box in order for it to be functional. That's fine. That's fine. However, it seems like you should put a manual somewhere, somewhere in the car. I looked under seats. I looked in the, the, the center console area. There's plenty of room to put one in there, by the way. There wasn't one. I don't, I don't know what they have against people, you know, reading instructions. And you might think, well, well, wait, there's probably some online instructions. Excellent. Excellent idea. Actually, on the stupid plasticky thing that was supposed to be a key, I said there was a QR code. And something on there also said, scan this for highlights on operating your Tesla. I did. It took me to a Hertz website, which was of no help. I uh, have a Google machine on my phone. I looked for instructions for a Tesla 3 on there. Did not quickly find something. Of course, by the time that I looked, I was infuriated and uh, ready to walk back to the counter and, and toss the plasticky thing at them and say, F this, I want a regular car. But there was, there was a line of people when I left there. I was not interested in waiting for something else. Like I said, I had dinner plans. I wanted to get moving. So I mean, like every minute that goes by, I'm like, all right, I've already invested some time in this. I've already figured out, you know, how to open up the trunk. I figured out how to open up the door. I figured out how to turn it on. I mean, this this, this experience is bound to turn around and I'll figure it out. Just to skip to the end, at the end of the five days, I was so ready to be rid of that car. You have, you have no idea worst car rental experience of my life and I've rented a PT cruiser that's telling that that is really telling I mean because that's that's a bad car anyway so I, I I'm in the car I've got it on figuring out how to put it into gear that was not intuitive either but okay I get it into reverse I'm on my way now I even figure out how to, you know, get out of the, the parking lot. I'm on the highway. I'm, I'm heading north. I'm looking for cruise control. Never figured out how to use cruise control. That would that would have been nice. That would have been nice. I like to use cruise control. I think a lot of other people do. I I I've never figured out how to use the cruise control in the in the five days. Uh as I was driving the car, I, I think I did find the, yeah, I did find the volume to turn that stupid Spanish station down. And I think maybe it was like the third day in, I figured out how to change the station. Or actually, no, 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 I take that back. Uh, it was that evening, the friend that I had dinner with was in the car and showed me how to do it. No, there's that. Well, okay, what's next? Hmm... I get to the hotel that night and realize I have no idea how to turn this car off. Yeah. 
I have no idea how to turn this car off. I called my brother-in-law. He doesn't answer. I think he knows, he knows about, uh, you know, crap like that. He's Google certified and he, he I figured he's going to love, he loves these sorts of cars, I'm sure. And he'll know what to do. He doesn't answer. So again, Google machine, I go back to that. Something I think told me just, just walk away from the car and it'll just turn off. It just knows to be quiet and go to sleep or whatever. Well, okay. So I did that, but then I started wondering like, well, how do I lock the car? There's no button on the door to lock it. And I don't have a fob to hit lock. So what do you do? I, and I, I can't be inside looking at the screen to tap lock because I've got to get out of the car. What do you do? Never figured out how to lock this car. Five days, never figured out how to lock this car. And I realize people are going to be listening to this being like, well, obviously, you know, you just do this. It's super simple. You just do this. Okay, well, you know what? If it's not like every other car, then people don't just simply know how to do it. And if you don't give any instructions on how to do it, and it's not intuitive, I, I cannot be the only one that didn't know how to lock this car. So for five days, I just, I just never locked the car. Consequently, I, I could never leave anything valuable in the car. Absolutely ridiculous. Why would it be so hard to just put a button on the door like every other car? You know why every other car has a button on the door to lock it? Because that is a convenient place to put the button. I was losing my mind with this car. Absolutely losing my mind. And by the way, the reason I know not everybody is confused about it as I was, I valeted the car at one point. And the, you know, 24-year-old valet, uh, he didn't have any problems, you know, taking the stupid little plasticky thing and driving away with it. And when I when I came back for the car, he had it back there at the curb in an instant. So uh, I imagine he's in and out of them a fair amount. He, he's got it all figured out. I did not. Well, it just so happens. It was about a week prior to that. I was reading in the, uh, well, some, some insurance claims journal about the cost of insuring an electric vehicle and how it is significantly more than a gasoline-powered car. Now, clearly, I'm not rushing to buy one of these cars anyway. Uh, I, I am very happy with my gasoline-powered Chevy Camaro convertible. I, I, yeah, I'm not interested in an electric vehicle at all. By the way, I, I, I drove it less than I probably would have otherwise in those five days in Florida because I didn't dare bring it close to the uh, end of the battery life. Because I have no idea how I would have charged it up. No idea. Well, look in the manual, Robert. There is no manual. And I didn't encounter anybody that had driven one before and they didn't know how to do it either. So never, never, never will I buy one of those cars. All right, back, back to the insurance. They cost significantly more than uh, insuring a gasoline-powered vehicle. Why would that be? Well, had... It's, it's not one reason, but one very big reason is the battery. The battery itself is incredibly expensive. 20, 
$30,000 just for the battery alone. Well, this particular article that I'd read suggested that if the car is in an accident, even a minor accident, and the battery pack has any damage whatsoever, it's very difficult for the auto adjuster to determine how extensive that damage might be to the battery pack. And they're very limited in uh, how they can test the battery for damage. And so what has been happening is they've been totaling out a lot of electric vehicles because they, they simply cannot ascertain the extent of the battery damage. And, and, and the insurer simply will not accept the liability for giving somebody back their vehicle and potentially that battery, you know, catching fire or malfunctioning in some other way where there would be an accident, bodily injury, uh, extensive property damage. I just won't do that. It's a, it makes better business sense for them to just total out that vehicle. Well, then they just, they pass that on to the policyholders. Now, I, I did a quick little Google search to see how more, how much more, rather, it would be to insure the electric vehicle. I found a lot of different articles, at least acknowledging that there is a difference, though, though it's interesting to me. Some publications uh, really try to downplay that difference. Uh, I looked at Forbes, and, and Forbes was really, really one I'm thinking. They, they downplayed the difference. Uh, it's really a, a, a sad little article, sad in, in terms of how lame it is, that's how I mean it. It, it just gives you the usual, um, hey, this is how to find savings in your auto policy, and it's all the same crap that has been said a bazillion times before. The, the headline is something about, you know, is, is it more for an electric vehicle than a gas-powered vehicle for insurance? And it says, yeah, it could be, but you you can find a fair policy with big insurance companies. Here's how to here's how to save money. It just it's a sad little article. Um, Car and Driver has one. Kelly Blue Book has one. Those those are those were better articles, and you know gave you some solid numbers as to what the differences might be. And then I actually called up my insurance company and asked them, hey if. And I, I, I basically just said, if I was going to get a, a Tesla 3 and I, I tried to, you know, give them a, was it going to be a used car about the same value as my Camaro? And my auto rates would be 30% more if I swapped out the Tesla for the, the Chevy. Uh, some of these articles, they're citing... Um, Differences of 36% and 34%. Uh, that's significant to me. Yeah, that's significant. And, you know, over the lifetime of that vehicle, I mean, you could be paying thousands of dollars more for, for insurance. Now, that's, that's only one cost of the vehicle. There's maintenance. There's uh, fuel. There's, there's all sorts of things. But that is one. And I think that's something to I think that that's something to consider. Auto insurance is something that you have to have uh, if you own a vehicle. So 
uh, it's not a subscription that you can cancel. It's, it's, it's just, it's an expense you have to manage. And I could definitely see where somebody could buy an electric vehicle, think, you know, falling in love with it. I mean, not everybody's going to hate it like I do. You're going to fall in love with that electric vehicle. You buy it and you, maybe you don't find out that the insurance is going to be 36% more until you already own the vehicle. Anyway, that's, that is something uh, to keep in mind. If you, if you are one of those that are in love with electric vehicles, and it, it sure sounds like the government is going to be, um, I'll, say, I'll say forcing auto manufacturers to make and sell more electric vehicles in the near future. Uh, with these uh, EPA guidelines set to go into effect in uh, just a few years. Auto manufacturers are going to have to be selling more electric vehicles. So not only are the electric vehicles maybe going to cost us more, but then the insurance will cost us more also. So, yeah, just food for thought, food for thought. I'm hoping that was uh, one interesting thing about insurance. Hey, if, uh, if you like hearing me rant, I do that every so often uh, in the insurance classes that I teach. Uh, if you happen to be a licensed insurance producer or adjuster and you need continuing education credits, Check us out at bmfce.com. If you like the podcast, uh, give us a rating, give us a review, tell your buddies, and I'll be back with another episode soon. Thank you.